Two friends from a small town in West Virginia have one love in common, hip-hop. So it's only right that they get together and wax poetic about what they love. This is Hip-Hop Manifesto. Welcome to the debut broadcast, I guess you call it. First ever. First ever. Premiere. Premiere episode. Exclusive. Of Hip Hop Manifesto, the podcast. That's right. We're a brand new podcast in the world. Yeah, we're going digital. That's right. we only been in existence for like three weeks. Kind of. In our brains, at least. But thanks for tuning in. <laughs> <laughs> Give us a shot. You never know. But anyway, I'm Kellen Conley, a.k.a. B-Hyphen. And um, this is going to be our podcast about... Hip-hop, in general, for the most part. We might stray every now and then, but we're, it's mostly about hip-hop. And it's my associate, Matthew Spencer, a.k.a. Chivalry. That's you might right. see his post under uh, hyphen and shiv. And uh, we're based out of Morgantown, West Virginia, the 304. And we're both MCs ourselves. But for everything here uh, with Hip Hop Manifesto, we're just going to put that to the side of us, you know, keep that in the back of our minds so you at least know where we're coming from. But really, we're just going to give our perspective on everything. So if it's got to do with hip-hop in any way, shape, or form, you'll probably see us write about it, talk about it, and basically this podcast is just for us to go a little more in-depth with that. So for our very first introduction, we're going to talk about why hip-hop. Because we figured if we're going to do a podcast about hip-hop and about hip-hop things... Might as well start from the beginning. Definitely. And so, this man right here, he got me into hip hop because I used to, I used to sing, I, I still do sing to myself. But <laughs> I was in the R and B, and he's like, "You need to rap." I'm like, "Hell no, I'm not a rapper." But he's the one got it, got me into it. So I think he should start off. Our first question we're going to answer is, I guess, why hip hop? Like, why? What got you into hip hop? Begin with, and I'll answer the same question. All right. Well. Let me see, I'm, I'm 24, almost 25 years old. Uh, another month, son. Yeah, another month. It's all downhill from here. It all started out, uh, I was born in Baltimore, Maryland, in southwest Baltimore. Uh, that's where my, my family was living at. And my mom, my mom was really into hip-hop actually at the time, which is a, a big deal for me because I'm white. Had to admit that you had it. You had to tell everybody you're white, but it's really relevant because it really gives me a unique perspective of it. You know, a lot yeah. of people wouldn't expect that, but really, it's important because it really influences a lot of things with how I how I see hip hop and how I interact within it. But what happened? My first exposure to hip hop was through my mom. Like I said, like most people, first experience music. I remember uh, the first artist I heard at a young age was probably uh, was out out then was maybe. Uh, Fat Boys, uh, Run DMC, has some Grandmaster Flash, uh, lots of artists like that. And so that was really a time of hip-hop when it was really just about having fun. You know, it was right after when the DJ wasn't so much the, the essence of the show and MCs were really really coming into their relevant. own. Yeah, they're finding their own identity. And artists like Run DMC were really just changing hip-hop in so many different ways, really bringing it into the mainstream. And so those, that was probably my first exposure into it. I remember a lot uh, in Baltimore. There's the Inner Harbor there, just along uh, the Atlantic Ocean there, if you, in Chesapeake Bay. And it was just a phenomenal time in hip-hop. You could go out 
and stand there harboring. You see breakdancers. You could see it's just that's when hip hop was in its golden age. And I would just go and just be awestruck by that. You see just this this free nature of breakdancing and just people rhyming. I used to go there and I'd be, you know, maybe three years old and just emulate these guys. And those were my heroes back then. And it really went a long way into carrying me with who I am today. Tell us about hip hop for you. Wow. I've always known of hip hop, of course. When I grew up in Winchester, Virginia, until I was nine, and I moved to Caton Bridge, West Virginia, like a tiny, tiny town in the Eastern Panhandle, West Virginia. And like, we always picked up the DC stations, like 93.9, 95.5. So yes. I, yeah, so I heard all of that stuff. And like, mostly the stuff that I gravitated towards when I was younger. DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince. I remember one year my mom took me school shopping. It was me, my brother, my mom, oh, my pop, and my little sister all hopped in the car. We headed downtown to the gallery mall. My mom started bugging with the clothes she chose. I didn't say nothing at first. I just turned to my nose. She said, what's wrong? This shirt cost $20. I said, Mom, this shirt is plaid. With a well, that's what was on the radio. That was yeah, that's what was, that time and that's period. what I related to a lot, because the demographic, I guess, like right. a lot of kids like that stuff. What year, what time frame was this? That was like early 90s i guess okay like right before he got he got the show and stuff but that's right when i I really started getting i started paying attention and then yeah i knew about the other rappers like the run dmcs and the rock hymns i knew of them but i ain't know them like that like i I knew they rapped and the only other rapper i can really think of back then that influenced me really was ll cool j I remember my cousin, he had an um, LL Cool J record, and he, so he kept playing it over and over and over, and I had to listen to it and listen to it and listen to it. It was a good single, though. I can't remember it. If I heard it, maybe. I, I, to this day, I probably could not identify it. So that was my early exposure to hip-hop. But really, my real exposure to hip-hop came when I met Shiv right here. And he's like, you need to start listening to this, you need to start listening to that. And it was real hard, of course, because my parents weren't going to buy me no ly- lyrically explicit albums at the time. So the best thing that happened to me is when we got satellite and I could watch MTV. Yo, MTV raps is over by then. But um, MTV Jams is when they, and that was the hip-hop show. And then I could watch Rap City. Oh, in the basement. And, yes. That was before the basement. Oh, that okay. was right before the basement. It was a couple years before that. And I just listened to that. And I got real in tune with it. And then really, I, I really started listening. It was like right after um, Tupac died. I Ain't Mad At You video came on. The one when he's... It, like the whole video is about him dying and him being in heaven with all these um, other music legends. Now the whole shit's changed and we don't even kick it. Got a big money scheme and you ain't even with it. New in my heart, you with the same motherfucker bad. Go toe to toe when it's time for road, you got a brother's back. And I can't even trick because I'm just laughing at you. You're trying hard to maintain and go ahead because I ain't mad at you. For some reason, that hit home for me. And then the whole Jiggy era came in with Puffy and Mason, all them. And I was drawn into that. And then after that, was I was pretty much hooked. So I guess I could thank Tupac, really, for dying. <laughs> no offense, Pac, but, you know. Um, well, that was a profound influence on a lot of people. It was. It was. It was a huge thing for me. Like, And ironically enough, it didn't make me a bigger fan of Tupac, but it made me realize what hip-hop could be, I guess, mm-hmm. in a way. Or what you can do with it and how worldly it is. And so that that's what drew me to hip hop. And ever since then I I've been hooked. 
So that was the first artist that really moved you. That that was the first artist. Yeah, definitely. Okay, so what really makes you passionate about hip hop? Then what what is it about the culture and the music that really just pulls you in and keeps you there? Like why why hip hop really? Because I think hip hop is one of the few. Like I know you can do it through a lot of forms of music, but it's one of the few things where you can actually talk through the music. Because normally you're singing or you're playing guitar or something, and you're trying to get your point across, and it's easily doable for other things. But it's the one thing you really say, like, you know what, this and this happened, and this and this happened, and this is how I felt, and you can make a whole song just out of that one thing. Like, you could lose your hat. And <laughs> a whole song about, I'm missing my hat. <laughs> and somebody out there, like, probably relate to it. Like, oh, yo, I, I don't have my hat either. I'm kind of mad. <laughs> so, it, for me... The thing that keeps me in hip hop and think about it is what where people are coming from with their lyrics and what they're saying, and then also the whole culture because it it's kind of like I'm gonna take part of the culture word. Hip hop is kind of like a cult in a way because <laughs> once you're hooked into it, whether you're a graffiti artist, whether you're a break dancer, you're a DJ, you're a rapper like me, me and Shiv here, MC, whatever part of of it that you're in, you're in like all the way. Like you want to be a part of every single part of it and so it's it's really like a cult where you feel like you're loyal to it until forever and i don't i don't know what else to say like i don't want to take it to to waco status (laughs) but i mean it, it just stays with you and like each and every day i look forward to hearing something new like musically that, that's what inspires me about hip-hop, because I always knew there's something new that's either going to top what I heard yesterday or it's going to, I'm going to like it, because everybody's making music. Everybody's a hip-hop artist, I, I swear to goodness, because like, I don't try to diss them or nothing, but it just seems like a lot more rappers now than there probably was even five, ten years ago. Definitely. And it's like the fact that I can go on the internet or I can go down the street and meet up with somebody and you're like, oh, have you ever heard of this dude? And then I hear it. And my head starts nodding, and it's like, wow, I just heard another dope hip-hop song. It's like it's a constant influx of new stuff for me, of new material. Always. It's never, it never gets boring. So I stop rambling. It never gets boring. That's why hip-hop. There's never a dull moment in hip-hop, except for 2004, but that wasn't nobody's fault. <laughs> There's just a lot of bad music that year. That's a good Go. reason. <laughs> <laughs> what? With hip-hop with me, the reason that I'm so passionate about it is hip-hop as a culture, and I think this is actually how it became a culture, is hip-hop is very empowering. Um, And I think that's really where it got to where it is today because when you think about hip-hop, it's, you know, it starts out as just expression. Um, If otherwise, you know, you're you're another person, you're either in the hood and you're, or you're, you know, you're out in some rural area, no matter where you're at, Hip-hop just, it appeals to you because it lets you know, you know, I can be myself and that can be bad. I can be, I can be the toughest guy out there. I can be, you know, this, this artist that really gets to express myself or whatever it is. Anybody can pick up a microphone or anybody can just sit there and freestyle. And it's like they have a voice that otherwise they probably wouldn't have. And, you know, you can express yourself not just through rhyming or rapping or you can, you can be dancing, you know, you can be as is out there is breakdancing or you can express yourself in graffiti or just any element of hip-hop it's all about expressing yourself and so what really moves me besides 
that expression that you get within hip-hop is the message within hip-hop. There's a lot that can be said as an MC when you can just be anybody else on the street and you can you can talk about politics, you can talk about poverty, you can talk about yourself, and you can make it sound nice. You know, you can put it over a beat and people can relate to you. Like you say, if you're missing your hat. Or just other people that can relate to you that coming from the same thing. Even if it's just talking about your everyday life. Other people are going through that. And that really yeah. unifies people under hip-hop. And it's really liberating, I think. And that's that's probably what keeps me in it. Is every single day... You know, I don't even... I don't have to live in the ghetto. I don't have to live in a rural area. But no matter where I go, there's going to be people there that I can... I can connect with. There's something about hip-hop that just brings people together like that. It does have a uniting fa- effect to it, in a way, unless somebody's beefing. And that just gets ugly. Yeah, that's something else. Next thing, we actually got a list of questions to ask each other, so it seems like we're interviewing each other, but it's a good way to start the podcast, and it also gets you our ideas, and then we'll do all the wild and zany shit later. And feel free <laughs> to let us know your ideas, too, because we're always looking for that next perspective on hip-hop we're, we're going to make sure you know how to contact us that's the main thing all right so the next, so, next, next thing on the agenda yeah the first artist that you listen to the and, very first artist yeah the very first okay well i mentioned earlier i talked about the fat boys and right. i think the fat boys they influenced hip-hop in so many ways that if you're into hip-hop now you might not even know about even if you've been in a hip-hop head for years the Fat Boys really changed things because, well, as you know, the the Fat Boys started out, they were the Disco 3. Yep. I mean, really? They were two Fat Boys. I mean, <laughs> they were, most of all their songs, if you remember, they were talking about going to the all-you-can-eat buffet. Yeah. And they were just wilding out, having a good time. Disorderlies. <laughs> and they helped. They helped just as much as Run DMC to bring hip-hop to the forefront as a mainstream power. And I want to give big respect to all the beatboxing that was on the original uh, Fat Boys albums because oh yeah, I tell you what, man, I can't believe that I can't think of his name right now, but uh, I can't either actually. Yeah, that's, oh. a, that's a shame. Uh, I lose some hip hop cred just for not remembering that right now. But dude is just as good, if not I better say, than Juggy Fresh. I want to say Buff, Buffy, no, not Buffy. You know, I'm so ashamed that we might have to go back, edit this shit just to put in the name. The Fat Boys really just showed me one of the essence of hip-hop is just have fun, be yourself. As whack and hallmark as that sounds, really that's what it's all about. And so Fat Boys, that's that's the first artist that I listened to every single song that I could from the Fat Boys, and I'm proud of it. The first artist I listened to, I guess the first rapper I was really exposed to, honestly, was... Once again, DJ Jazzy Dress Fresh Prince because, I, of course, parents just don't understand. I can relate to that, even though I was like eight. <laughs> Did you want to fight Tyson? I hadn't heard that yet. No, no. I didn't hear that till a couple years later. It was that, and then what was the one? Girls of the World Ain't Nothing But Trouble. Yeah, summertime. And, no, I didn't get the summertime's yeah, summertime, later. This okay. I'm talking about their first album. Oh, like, okay. um, he's DJ on the rapper, or their second album. That was the second album. And then there was another one that they had. I just know that the one moment that really affected me. There's either a skit or something on their album, and dude is beatboxing the Sanford and Son joint under the oh, water. Yeah. It's like, it's hilarious. And then at the end, he goes, I'm drowning. I will never forget that. And then, so from the first album, and then the first, it's actually the first hip hop album I actually got, because my dad got me Home Base. That's the one that had Summertime on it. 
And that whole album, like all their old albums when they were together, they're really good. Like, like what, people want to hate on Will Smith, whatever. He's making too much money acting, and he's not that good of a rapper. Like, he actually got named to this 25 worst rappers ever list that came out recently. Oh, what a shame. And I disagree with that because, like, yeah, Will Smith a couple years ago, he was... I still like this music a couple years ago. You can ask Shiv, you used to make fun of me because I'll be blunt like, yeah, getting jiggy with it. Nah, nah, nah. I, I like it. I don't know what it is about his style. The way that he raps, it just always is drawing me in. Dude is classy. He you, is. You can't take that away from Will Smith. I'll never forget when I was listening to Home Base, I got to see my blinker on the radio. It was like, you saw my blinker, and it was like, they said something else. And I didn't think nothing of it. I got the album. He's like, you saw my blinker, bitch. It was definitely Fresh Prince and DJ Jazzy Jeff. You never heard a bad thing about them. They're class acts. DJ Jazzy Jeff still does his thing. Will Smith, of course, is in movies. Hopefully, he don't go to Scientology with Tom Cruise. That would be <laughs> awful. And like they're he, still doing things. They still got profound influence. Look yeah. at DJ Jazzy Jeff, the the magnificent. Or, yeah, the, yeah, two albums, the magnificent, and then the Return to Magnificent. Yeah, those are incredible albums. They are, and he produced everything on it. He the skits are hilarious. And then even when Will Smith dropped, like, I think his last album was 2005, and it's a really good album. And, like, yeah, he had Ludacris on it, and he even, like, just in the spirit of hip-hop, a couple years ago, like, Eminem had that line about, Will Smith don't have to cuss him around to say records. Well, I do. <laughs> so fuck him and fuck you, too. Will Smith actually went back at Eminem on the album, and it wasn't, like, so, like, he didn't tear him down or nothing, but he's, like, he kind of held his own in a way, like, I'm not, like, yeah, I'm a couple years late, but I'm gonna still address you <laughs> in the spirit of hip-hop, and I appreciate that fact, because, you respect that. because he did go back and, and say something, he didn't say nothing Jay-Z, because he said something about Will Smith, too, but the fact that he went back and still addressed that, because he did get dissed on the record, and then his next record, he went back. And say, yeah, I, I heard you, and blah blah blah. Back to you. It's and that's all in the spirit of hip hop. Yeah, you gotta think about it. And what's even more classy is he didn't try to change himself. He didn't be like, I'm gonna go hard at him now just to show him I got this hard edge to appeal to what hip hop is now. He kept it Will Smith, right? And he's he like, even, he did not change himself and still went on that. That's character. And, and he that's even you don't see in he even much. had a track on there on the last album. It was called I Wish I Made That. And it's like, he goes like through all these um, hit records over the past couple of years that he wished he had thought of that somebody else did. So he still took the time to give other people props for what they did. Word. And at the same time, do him at the same time that he's respecting that, that he he still has that hip hop fire in him, even though he really don't got to put it, ever do another record again. But moving on, um, this one says the first artist that moved you. So first artist that moved me where I actually... I guess it would have to be it had to be on Nas's I Am album. It would have to be Nas because I Am was the album right after it was written. Everybody, most of the hip hop critics hated it, it was written because it wasn't nomadic, which is a shame because it was still an ill. It album. was, it was, but I Am, like I Am, was kind of like a nice little balance between like the pop commercial and then the raw Nas. The first song I, I probably really felt. Was Nas is like Nas is like Nas Earth, wind, and fire, rims and tires, bulletproof glass inside is the realest driver. Planets in orbit, line them up with the stars. Tarot cards, you can see the Pharaoh Nas. Nas is like Iron Mike, Messiah type. Before the Christ, after the death, the last one left. Let my cash invest in stock. Came a long way from blasting. Text on Honestly, word because it's DJ Premier from Gangstar fame. He produced it, and Nas Nas went in on it. Like, from start to finish. And then you had Premier doing the scratches on the hook. Like, Nas is like, Nas is like. 
that's the first song I got, honestly. When I was younger, I heard lyrics. That's the first song I was like... So that's when it clicked. Uh, I didn't know you could do all that. Because like I said, I listened to Will Smith. And Will Smith's never been the most lyrical dude. And I, I still give him his credit. But hearing Nas and Will Smith is like two different things. Because Nas is like... Will Smith's like... It's just two different paces. Right, right. And that's the first time it moved me. And then on that same album, he had songs like um, Ghetto Prisoners. He had Still We Will Survive. And then the last joint on there is called Undying Love. And that was that was my song forever. And you might think it's a little graphic, but basically, Nas went to Vegas. He comes home. He just got his girl an engagement ring. And he's going in the house, and he finds her sleeping with another dude. And so basically, he goes and gets his homie, goes back in there, shoots the dude that was having sex with her, and then accidentally kills her. And then the cops come, and then he kills himself. And he does this all. He tells this whole story in like a three-minute song, and it it was amazing, yo. And like at the end, the only thing you hear is the body drop, and then it goes. You hear the bass fade out, and that's how the album ends. It's, it's an awesome way to end the album. Like it's probably the best album closer of like I've ever heard. I'd say it's the best album closer. So that's the first time hip hop moved me. It was it was definitely Mr. Nazir Escobar, Nazir Jones. Call him Escobar. Call himself. I was an Escobar in ages. Well, the first time that hip-hop really clicked, uh, which says a lot about when it moved me more as an artist, and I kind of found myself as not just being a listener of hip-hop, but actually being a part of hip-hop, would actually have to be KRS-One. KRS-One, as uh, we all know, is the teacher and really represents the boogie down Bronx where hip-hop started. South Bronx. And what appealed to me is, you know, I was listening to KRS just you know uh giving a head nod enjoying hip-hop like I'd I'd listened to hip-hop at the time and he just started talking it was on let me see I think it was I Got Next (laughs) and you know I Got Next has got songs like uh Step Into a World yeah Step Into a World and Friend, and there's uh, so many songs on yeah. that album. And KRS One, if you never listened to it, the gist of who KRS One is, is he really is the teacher of hip hop. Uh, before almost every single show, you, you'll hear him say this over and over again. He says, Rap is what you do, hip hop is what you live. And really, that's when it clicked to me is that hip hop is more than what you see on the radio, or, or sorry, see on TV, you hear on the radio. Hip-hop really is the culture, and you are a powerful individual within hip-hop. And I learned a lot from KRS-One. I actually probably were the best I am a student at KRS-One, and that's what made me a student of hip-hop. Right. Is, dude is powerful, man. Lyrically, few people get on the level that KRS-One is. And honestly, KRS intimidates the fuck out of me. <laughs> <laughs> like, I understand his ass, but I mean, it's almost like a conversation. I'm not trying to be blasphemous, but with... The, with a god, honestly, because when it comes to hip hop, like it's almost like he invented hip hop, just the way that he does his thing. Yeah, the that's the way I feel when I listen off. to him. It's like no matter, he could just do like eight bars, and I'm just sitting there like my jaw drop. I'm like, I don't even want to rap anymore. Like every time I hear him do something, and he's been doing it for like almost thirty years now. Yeah, there's no one that's been such a powerful force in hip hop and continuously, consistently relevant. Right. No matter what time of hip-hop, KRS-One was a voice. And 
what can you say about that? I mean, it that's the first artist that has just this whole presence of hip hop. And you know, you could say that that's just the the image that he chooses to present. Mm-hmm. But hip hop needs uh, a character like that, and to be a founding uh, member of hip hop, and to still be carrying it into his age, to be rhyming the way that he does. That's what I realized. If I had to be an MC, if I had to be any MC at all, I want to be half the man that Karis One is in hip hop. For real. So that, that's who moved me the most and continues to move me. But I could go on about Karis One for days, so we should probably move on. Karis One would be a good springboard for this because we should talk about the elements of hip hop and what's most important to you. Honestly. Just pick one. We don't have to go Honestly, the most important element of hip hop would be the DJ. Honestly, and I, I'm yeah. a yeah, cause I'm a rapper and, I, and or MC whatever. I, I like saying rapper too. Let me get on my little tangent here. <laughs> I used to say I'm not a rapper, I'm an MC. But honestly, it's kind of the same thing, cause like what I do, I do get on stage and I do rap, and but at the same time I'm an MC because I'm controlling the stage. Now there's other rappers out there. I don't really, I'm not trying to diss anybody, but that you might hear on Top Forty Radio. And they're doing the same thing I do. They rap, but they're letting the song control what they're doing. That's the difference. I control the song. I control the stage. And yeah, they might have a a good stage performance, but I want the song to inspire me to do something with the track where I'm in full control of it and not the other way around. So just clear that out. Anyway, but I feel like DJ is the most important element because that's where it all starts from because... I've seen shows where the DJ just been terrible and he's just he's just playing a CD or whatever like whatever hot record at the time and as soon as the record's ending he might do like a little scratch or play with his mixer or something and then switches to the next track that doesn't do anything for the crowd or it doesn't do anything for the listener if they're on the radio or if you listen to a mixtape a real DJ can will draw you in with what he does with the music because like like I know like I know a couple DJs they'll take a record and they they will do all kinds of scratches and stuff they'll switch in the middle of a song to another song for like eight bars or maybe a chorus and they'll swing back and it's like seamless I've seen them take vocals from another artist and put it on another popular beat and make it blend seamless and the most important thing is the DJ keeps the crowd hype or the listener hype this was something I really love about mixtape DJs that know what they're doing. They'll bring a track in, and you'll get like halfway through the verse, and then all of a sudden they'll like they'll start scratching on it. They'll run it back, and the way that they run it back is it makes it worth it for you because it makes you like re- it makes you pay more attention to the verse the second time because obviously you missed some shit that they just said. I'm I'm not really trying to throw no names out right now. I'm just trying to get to the point. But the DJ is the main element for me. Because they keep everything going. And that's what's more important. Because, yeah, the rapper has to deliver and keep everybody's attention while he's over top of the music. But the DJ is where it all starts for me. Go. That's a powerful point, And it's one that I'm going to touch on, too. Because I actually am really surprised you said DJ. <laughs> and I would have thought MCing would be important just as an MC. What I think matters the most to me, the most important element of hip hop, I agree, is the DJ. But I'm going to talk about a little bit more about the DJ's relationship with the MC collectively. So it's kind of cheating a little bit in the answer, but it's just what I'm thinking about here. Now, if you think about DJs, you think about uh, Eric B and Rakim. 
you know, the, the famous uh, Eric B for president. You know? I came in the door, I said it before. I never let the mic magnetize me no more, but it's biting me, fighting me, inviting me to rhyme. I can't hold it back. I'm looking for the line, taking off my coat, clearing my throat. The rhyme will be kicking it till I hit my last note. My mind remains a fine, all kind of idea. Self-esteem makes it seem like a thought. You know, I nominate my DJ for president. That's a powerful time of hip-hop because what DJ and MC combination would you hear right now where the MC is giving someone else prominence over himself? Right. You don't see that today. No, not and at all. The, the thing about... Uh, DJs. I mean, when I listen to, let's just say, the greatest possible rapper that I've ever heard of, the greatest MC, and then I listen to the greatest DJ that I've ever listened to, if I had to choose one of those, I'm probably going to go towards the DJ because what the DJ does is beyond the comprehension of what the greatest mind that can put his thoughts in the bars can possibly achieve. It's not limited to words. It's something way more powerful than that. And I don't mean to uh, to promote anyone else's material, but I'm going to use this as an example of what moves me the most. Is when you listen to like a DJ premiere track. You listen to both the beat that he puts together mm-hmm. and then you listen to how the man talks with his hands like the scratching and the tracks that he samples together is absolutely powerful there's nothing greater than that that I can comprehend and so the most important element of hip hop to me is when you can take someone like DJ Premier who's like a scratching god mm-hmm. and combine that in essence with the the powerful message of an MC that together is the greatest thing in hip hop you could ever achieve that i mean it's magical you know you listen to a track and the, there's chemistry between the DJ and the MC no other MC can top that no matter what you hear on the radio never even scratch the surface is the chemistry of those two together making music and i mean i don't know what more to say about that that's yeah. as an MC myself I almost feel like I'm cheapening hip-hop because I do not have a DJ with me working with my stuff together. It's almost like my hip-hop isn't as good. I'll never be able to achieve that level until I find that relationship with a DJ that we can make music like that. Right. So what else we got? Uh, Let's close out here with a final question. Just for something to go out on, you'll probably see us elaborate on this more probably on our follow-up podcast. Is right now... Future episodes. Uh, yes. Uh, what up-and-coming artists moves you? So what, based on the answers that you have given here today, what artist kind of embodies these that's keeping this culture going? All right, so you said so you said up-and-coming. So does it mean they have to be new or just somebody that's anybody that... Keeps... Just like the younger generation of hip-hop. Okay. They're not a seasoned like, vet. I don't, like, I wasn't trying to name a vet. I guess you could still say he's up-and-coming because he hadn't really broke through all the way. I'd say Royce to 5'9". Really? Yes, because he had, he's been out for years. True, but he hasn't broke through all the way. And I, I could say I could say Drake, I could say Wale, I could say a bunch of other rappers that I'm into that that's younger or newer. But for me, Royce is the only one that really moves me for some reason. Nigga, the pen is tinted. I'm watching menace in it. It's so fucking rude. Yeah. 
Yeah, nigga, the band is tenant. I'm watching minutes in it. It's so fucking roomy, you can play tennis in it. Ten times out of ten times, a tennis in it. Riding with me if y'all started up. It's all in his voice, honestly. Because, like, when he was first came out and stuff, I thought he was cool. I, like, I really liked his lyrics and stuff. But pretty much since 2004, when he got pissed off at D12 and Eminem and all them, there's certain tracks he just gets angry at. <laughs> like, he's mad at the track. And he will, he seems like he's screaming and yelling and all this. But the way he does it, it just draws you in and, like, makes you, it makes you pay more attention to him. And it, his music kind of got raw, raw, got more raw. It got more energy to it. Because before he was just kind of becoming a little formulaic. Like, he was, he was doing his little, um, commercial songs and he have, like, his first album was like that. The second album was right after you get all that stuff happened. It's a dark album. But it's, it, it's a truthful album for me because, Every like every track on there, you could tell you could almost feel hear the pain in his voice and stuff, and where he's actually coming from. And then he kind of went back on the route where he tried to be more commercial with it, and it really didn't go like he wanted to. But his last mixtape, the Bar Exam, which is hosted by Static Select and DJ Premier, there's songs on there that like every like he he's attacking every single track. Like he does like classic Jay Z and Nas beats, and he's attacking. It's just not rhyming. He's attacking. There's this one track, I think he did it over the, I forget what beat it was, I think it was a Young Jeezy beat, and he's attacking that, and he's talking about somebody, but he edited out the name, I guess, for some reason, I guess they cooled it off, or whatever. He actually um, had a little a little battle with Mr. Fab from Oakland recently. He actually inspired me to use the Duffel Bag Boys beat, actually, because <laughs> um he goes in on that beat, he's making him look like, like Mr. Fab sound like the worst person ever he's screaming at him everything but it's just all in the voice he just draws you in his lyrics are powerful his presence is powerful i haven't seen him live or really seen anything on video of him live but mostly when i've I've seen of him or heard of him he's always impressed me actually i did see a video of him live he wouldn't get no respect because he wouldn't spit in written freestyles but and mr fab was that's how that whole thing started but he just draws you in and he never really has let me down in like the past past three years i haven't heard a bad track from him so how can you beat that so there you go i'm gonna say royce the five nine that's, that's a good answer let me see if i had to think of an upcoming artist right now it's gonna be it's gonna be a tie well maybe not a tie but i'll, I'll just go ahead and name two artists here that i'm thinking about with this question oh we can name two <laughs> all right first i'm gonna talk a little bit about joe budden Joe Budden, you could say, isn't exactly up and coming because his mixtapes have really brought him a lot of acclaim lately. But I'm just going to make one point. I'll give point. you Budden. I'll, I'll give you Budden. I'm going to give one point about Joe Budden, and then I'm going to go into my real answer for this question. We love Joe Budden. <laughs> Joe Budden made it personal. Can't take care of myself, never mind a newborn. Yes, the pussy got too good for too long. Seems like my money goes by too easy. Why I hate that my job only pays by weekly. You listen to a Joe Budden track. He's talking about his personal life. It can't get any realer than that. He's not talking about, well, okay, sometimes he does talk about, you know, he's going to roll up on you, he's going to see you on the streets or something like that. But really, some of his parts in his uh, his albums for both mixtapes, the thing about Joe Budden is sometimes you can't relate to it. It's that real. Like, yeah. you don't really know what he's talking about. Usually, you don't <laughs> want to do that with hip-hop. You don't want to put it over someone's head or make it too personal that no one can relate to. But really... It's real, and it hip hop. He's embodying that essence of just. And he says shit that other people are scared to say. To his credit, he's not saying it for shock value. He's just expressing the frustration that right. you you have, and that's just 
That like, speaks a lot about how Joe Button is. How many men have felt frustrated, like, oh, yeah, I'm pregnant. And, like, you're pregnant. Like, you go through, it's like the five stages of death. You go through the five stages of birth, honestly. <laughs> Keep going. I'm sorry. Right, it's easy for <laughs> us to get on a, a little rant here about Joe Button because we, we're really liking him lyrically. But yeah. my real answer to this question about the up-and-coming artist that moves me right now and as you can check out on our last.fm uh, accounts, which we'll both post up here, I play a lot of Lupe lately. He turns down the beat, writers block impedes. Crying from the next room, a baby in need of some pampers and some food and a place to sleep. That plus a black Cadillac on these is what keep him on track to be a great MC. And the reason I do that uh, is right now, Lupe made hip hop cool again. And I don't mean cool like. Like, you know, driving, like, the nice car and everything. You mean cool for you or cool in general? Lupe appeals to the college radio, which yeah. is kind of becoming the de facto secondary hip-hop demographic beyond the streets. Mm-hmm. So he's he's appealing it because I don't even think he really has a ed- uh, college education, like maybe kids in the hall do, but he's articulate. Right. And he's artistic. When you listen to Lupe... He's a really creative MC, and it really goes beyond the limits of what you can do with a track. When you listen to Lupe, you're like, "Wow!" And he makes it sound nice. Like it's not like when you can listen to some underground artists. I don't want to name any names because I'm not trying to diss anybody. But it almost seemed like for a while in hip hop, the more artistic you got, the less ear friendly it was. Yeah, Lupe made yeah, being that. artistic and creative cool. He made it listenable. He made it nice. Now you hear Lupe Fiasco, when you turn on the radio, you're hearing like Superstar or something like yeah, that. Yeah, hip-hop saved my life. Yeah, that's he just took creative hip-hop and brought it to the mainstream and didn't sacrifice anything. Right. That is just as powerful to me as any other era in hip-hop and that really got to And it's almost like he picked up where Kanye left off. Because exactly. when Kanye came in, he was doing the same thing. Kanye kind of refined his sound where he can appeal to, to the masses and make the sales that he wants. But at the same time, he could still make good music for the hip-hop heads. Right. And even now, like, with Graduation, well, that's Kanye's last album, in case you didn't know. Like, that's a that's a ballsy record, honestly. Because, yeah, he had the, the street bangers, the club bangers and stuff. But then you listen to some songs like I Wonder and Drunken Hot Girls, which I know not a lot of people like. But Kanye's still willing to experiment. And then what Lupe did, he took what Kanye had started, and he took it even further where... He didn't push the commercial envelope quite yet. He pushed it a little bit, but enough to keep it to where he wanted it to be, musically. And I'm sorry I keep interrupting you. Because oh, no, you didn't good. interrupt me at all. So. <laughs> so that concludes our list here. And uh, before we uh, sign off, we're going to talk a little before bit about... <laughs> before we go ghost, we're going to talk a little bit about what you can expect to see from Hip Hop Manifesto and what's coming up. We're here. <laughs> and then we go from there. So anyway, hip hop manifesto. The whole idea, idea of this is, Shiv hit me up a couple weeks ago and said we should start a hip hop blog because everybody has hip hop blog now. Like Double XL Mag has one. So which Just is name some good ones. What, what yeah, um, hip hop blogs. Basically, of course, we I've been blogging. Me and him both been blogging since 2004. Like personally, and then recently I found out a lot of hip hop blogs and popping up like like Nah Right. Um, that's heard done that by, new. by SK. You heard that new, um, the wrap up, Miss Info, the Megatron Don by Just Blaze. And what it is, it's not like your normal hip hop news site. Like you can go to all hip hop and find all the hip hop news. What they cover is mostly they get exclusive music 
and exclusive videos. And what they're doing is they're kind of cutting out the middleman again. Like right. instead of going through a hip hop site or having to go through wherever, they're offering sometimes free music, sometimes free mixtapes. They're offering free promotion for a lot of artists. Right. And they're getting the word out about music that they care about at the same time and feeding the people who like that same music. And me and Shiv have been going back and forth for a while because they've been talking about starting a hip-hop message board and stuff where you could get the news and other things. Yeah, you yeah. ain't getting me. Yeah, we've been talking about that. But then he's like, we should start a hip-hop blog. And I've been listening to, shout out to Derek and Thomas, I've been listening a lot better in the dark. And they talk about movies and stuff and they review them. And basically they're two best friends who live in Brooklyn, talk a lot about the movies they love, science fiction mostly, but whatever movies just come out that they sing. And me and him, me and Shiv, talk about a lot of hip-hop that... Really, it's all we talk about. Yeah, we don't have nothing else in common. Not really. Yeah, that didn't but, really happen. <laughs> nah, we, we get along fine. But that is our main thing we talk about. And he's like, he said, well, let's take it one step further. I'm really into this um, podcast. They're two best friends. We're two best friends. Let's do it musically. We'll do hip-hop, and then we can do the blog, too. So... What to expect from us now that I stop ranting again is nothing but we're going to bring you our take on hip hop. We're not going. We're not trying to smash it or say hip hop is dead. Though we might address that in a future episode, because hopefully this will stay a regular thing. For yeah, we a while. might. We might have a soapbox, but really, if you want to know what take we're giving on this, because we're not claiming to be all knowledgeable when it comes to hip hop, and we're not. We're not doing this to promote our own music. We're doing this to promote hip hop in general. Yeah, we just we happen to be MCs and we are talking about it from that perspective but really it's just our take on hip-hop it can't get any simpler than that right exactly it's our take on hip-hop and so this pretty much concludes the first episode so anyway if you want to check out our blog we just started the address is hip-hop manifesto that's all one word h-i-p-h-o-p-m-a-n-i-f-e-s-t-o they want to mess it up. Dot WordPress.com. So for that's, now. For, for now. now. Yeah. That's how you get to the blog. Of course, the podcast is going to be is located same thing. Hip hop, not the same thing. It's hip hop manifesto.podomatic.com. Like I said, hope you enjoyed the show and we will be back for more. So keep in tune, hip hop manifesto. Good fight, good night. <laughs> hip hop lives, bitches. You have been listening to Hip Hop Manifesto. Brought to you by Kellen Conley and Matthew Spencer. Or Matthew Spencer and Kellen Conley, whichever makes you feel better. If you want to contact Hip Hop Manifesto or Kellen and Matt, you can always email us at h.hmanifesto at gmail.com. If you're looking for our blog, it is now at hiphopmanifesto.org. If you're looking for the podcast, once again, that's hiphopmanifesto.podomatic.com. Also, I want to send a big shout out to Thomas DJ and Derek Ferguson of Better in the Dark for the inspiration and for the entertainment. And also, I want to send a thank you to thebox.free.fr slash fat.html for the Fat Boys clip from the beginning of the episode. And also, the beatboxer from the Fat Boys was Buffy. That was his name. I was right. Matt was wrong. Keep that in mind. But until next time... Everything copyright Kellen Conley and Matthew Spencer, except for the music, of course. And, fellas, no matter what Joe Button says, it's not a good idea to throw your pregnant girl down the steps or do anything to her to make her have an abortion. That's Joe Button's views, not ours. And really, I think he's just angry. If not, Joe seeks some more help. 
Until next time, it's hip hop world. Y'all just living in it. Night.